0: In this episode of the Garrett Dickerson Podcast, we'll continue our conversation on letting go and letting God by letting go of excuses we make in our lives. We'll examine the story of Moses and see that God can use the things we think are the most insignificant parts of our lives to accomplish his plan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Garrett Dickerson Podcast, and I am Garrett Dickerson. I'd welcome the chance to connect with you on social media and to hear your story on how this episode has hopefully impacted you. You can find the podcast on Facebook by searching for my name or by searching hashtag PrayWithMeMonday. You can also follow me on Instagram at RealGarrettDickerson. In the first episode of this series of talks, I've titled Let Go, Let God we dug into what has become known as the story of the rich young ruler. In that story, we challenged ourselves to look at what we have learned from the experience in our lives. Through experiences in our lives, we've learned to hold on to things we really should begin letting go of. And as we become uncertain about a situation, we actually begin to grip the thing we are holding on to tighter and tighter. When we're uncertain, as we feel ourselves losing control, what we saw is that pride takes over. We start going into defense mode. We start becoming very protective of the trust we have in ourselves. When we're not intentionally focused on God's will, we cling to our own understanding. We ended the last podcast by asking, maybe starting today, God is asking us to admit that we are missing out on a blessing and a life to the full because we won't give up that little insignificant thing that we think defines us. We called that thing last week our kingdom. It's what we have built where we feel safe and secure. We may not ever get to be outside its walls, but at least we know we're okay. Right where we are. When we're in a place to do something that it appears like it will force us to begin tearing down the walls of our kingdom, even if it means we'll have a chance to be more fully a part of God's kingdom, we begin making excuses. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm spread too thin. I've got too much going on right now. I'm not the right person. There's somebody else that would be better for that. These excuses are the first thing that keeps us from fully participating in the kingdom of God. Which is why the rich young ruler walked away from Christ. Because he couldn't let go of his own kingdom. Because he made the excuse, I've built too much. And if he gave up his stuff, then that would be the act of unraveling all he had built. The time he had spent building his kingdom would have been from nothing. In this episode, we're going to look at letting go of the excuses we make. We're going to see if we can learn something from someone who was a master excuse maker, and that's Moses. I would say most of us may know, and if you don't, that's certainly okay, the story of Moses in the burning bush and what led him to that point in his life. If you aren't familiar with that story, just let me give you a 30-second rundown of what has happened in the story of Moses. And if you're not familiar with this story, you can find it in the Bible in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. And that leads to where we're going to pick up ultimately in Exodus chapter 3. What has happened here in the life of Moses is that the Israelites, the people of Moses, had grown into a numerous population after a a very severe famine of the time. And that brought Jacob, who is a a key figure in the history of the Israelites, his sons and their families to Egypt. This scared the king of Egypt. So ultimately he decided, I I need to do something about this. They're becoming so large that they could take us over. So he made them slaves and decided to kill all the baby boys of the Israelites. Moses' mom, who was an Israelite, couldn't let her son be killed, so she wove a plan to put him in a basket. You see what I did there? She wove a plan and sent him down the river to escape. But what she didn't expect was going to happen was that Moses was going to be found by the daughter of that king. When he grows up as an Egyptian, Moses kills an Egyptian when he finds that Egyptian beating an Israelite. The king of Egypt finds out about this and wants to kill Moses. So Moses escapes being killed by the king of Egypt for the second time in his life to a place called Midian, where he settles down, gets married, finds a new career as a shepherd, and lives happily ever after. (laughs) Not quite, but but that is where we pick up. He does get married. He does find a new career as a shepherd, and and he starts here in Exodus chapter 3. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Skipping down to verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. I am has sent me to you. Then moving to chapter four and verse one, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out, your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into the cloak and when he took it out, the skin was leprous to become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, God said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his skin. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But they do not believe these two signs, nor listen to you. Take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Now, I know that's a that's a lengthy passage, but what a great story. There's so much that we can learn here. It's one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. And like I said, I want us to focus in on the fact that Moses... Time after time after time makes excuses as he's speaking with God. And what I want us to notice is that there's a progression. There's a progression of the excuses. He starts with almost this appearance of humility and eventually ends up in a place where he thinks he's putting his foot down <laughs> with God. And what I would ask as maybe the first reflective thought of this podcast, is have you ever made similar excuses about committing your life to something? About committing your life to Christ? And so I want us to look at each of these excuses and draw some learnings from each of them. The first excuse he makes, he says, who am I? And I think what Moses is saying is, I'm not significant enough for God to use me for his plan he's trying to share that thought with God he says who am I what I want us to see is there's a larger plan that we may or may not know is happening and that plan in the context of Moses was that God had heard a prayer of the Israelites that they had been praying for freedom. And I think the big lesson that we learn here as Moses questions who he is to be a part of God's plan is that without knowing it, you may be the answer to someone else's prayer. The second excuse that Moses makes is Lord, what if they don't believe me? What if I go? And I speak, and they don't believe that you actually have sent me, that I actually am a part of your plan. Moses is asking, how will people know why I'm doing what I'm doing? No one's going to just listen to me. And I think on some level, I think Moses is asking himself, how could I possibly go back with my history that I have there, that people know that I was a murderer? I think the lesson here, similar to our first episode, is we begin to hold on to things in our past. We begin to hold on to things that we have experienced. And we think that the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit can't possibly overcome what people perceive us to be because of our past. And we let the world, we let The perspectives of the world quench the Spirit in us. The third excuse that Moses makes is, I'm not a good speaker. How often do you tell yourself, I don't have enough talent to do what needs to be done? There's too much to be done for me to be the one that makes a difference. If you can't do what God is asking you to do alone, He will always give you someone to help you. God gave Moses Aaron. Now, to be fair, this wasn't God's first choice. But I guess he saw that Moses wasn't going to step up to the plate by himself. But in fact, God had already put this in motion. And God will always give someone to you to support you in what you're doing. That's how he made us. God made us to be supported by someone else. We see this as... Early as Adam and Eve, God will provide someone to you to compensate for any shortcoming that you feel you may have, but God knows is not in you. We then see Moses get to his fourth excuse, which is not really an excuse and more of a request. After each of these first three excuses, Moses finally just says it. He says, God. You've got the wrong person, send someone else, please. Here's the challenge in this statement from Moses that I want us to look at within ourselves. How many times do we wish God would just use somebody else? That serving feels inconvenient, that serving feels like a burden, that helping someone else comes at the time when everything else feels like it's busy in your life. I would imagine that we have all felt this way, that the timing of God often feels inconvenient. And I would ask, why does Moses make excuses? I mentioned before, it's his past. There are things in Moses' past that are telling him, I'm not the one that should be going back. I hit the road because I was a murderer. I have something to hide. I've escaped. I've got things figured out now. I've got it pretty good. I have a new life that I've created. I'm married. I have a good job. I'm somewhere safe. But what Moses didn't realize, and what we all need to realize, is we don't have to be in the future what we have been in the past. We make excuses for the same reason. When there's something in the past we are uncomfortable with, we come up with every reason we can not to experience that thing again. It's the old fight or flight mechanism. When something doesn't make sense, we try to reason our way out of it. We hold on to our kingdoms, as we called them in the first episode of this series, because of experiences we have had and we begin to grip them even tighter as we begin to feel doubt, And uncertainty. Doubt is what causes us to be short-sighted with our part in the plan of God. With our part in His redemptive story to bring humanity back to Him to ultimately love God and love people. It's doubt that causes us to question the validity of this plan and our part in this plan. And spoiler alert, the third episode of this series, Let Go, Let God, we are going to focus in on letting go specifically of doubt as the root of excuse. So what have we learned? What do we see in this story of Moses and this intriguing story of this conversation with God in a very unexpected moment in his life? So we look at Exodus chapter 3 and verses 3 through 4. And I think what we see is that God may come to you when you least expect it. Because he may know for you to be willing to listen, you can't have anything else distracting. you. He came to Moses in a time where he was out by himself and he knew that he could get his attention. What I would ask you is what's the thing in your life that is happening that you can't figure out? Is there something that continues to come up in your mind that you struggle to see its relevance? Pay attention to that. Pay attention to that thing that feels out of place, to that metaphorically burning bush that feels like it's not supposed to be here. Maybe that is the spirit trying to pique your curiosity to draw you in, to speak a message to you. If there's something or someone on your mind that keeps popping up, put yourself in places to listen and to pay attention. I think that's the first thing that I want us to see here in Exodus chapter 3. The second is in Exodus chapter 4 in verses 8 through 9. Sometimes even when God gives us direction, it may not work exactly right the first time. Or it may just be a step that needs to be taken to get to the end. We saw that ultimately God wanted Moses to go and to to go without questioning at all. But God also gives us free will. He's not going to force us into his plan. God gave Moses two things to do. And then he said, but if those don't work, do this. When Moses was asking, how will they believe me? He gave them signs. He gave him things that they would believe, that the people would see and believe in what he was saying and in what he was doing. But God also says, but if those don't work, do this. Sometimes I think we think God's work in us, if it's God's will, will work exactly right all the time, that we won't ever hit any speed bumps or roadblocks. But here's the reality. We are imperfect people living in an imperfect world trying to reach other imperfect people that all have free will. What God has intended may not always work out the first time, but what we do know, scripturally, what we do see, all things come together for good for them that love the Lord. The third lesson is in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 14. This is the tough one. Is that God's patience can run out. The phrase that was used here is that the Lord's anger burned against Moses. I don't know about you, but I never want to be in a position that it could be said that the Lord's anger burned against me and we'll just leave, we'll just leave that one there enough said the way i tend to prepare if i'm going to be speaking or if i'm preparing for an episode of a podcast is that i pray for an idea i lean into the idea with scripture i usually listen to the passage that i'm thinking and considering on 15 maybe even 20 times. And what I do is almost organically write down everything I can think of. I I try not to develop a stream of consciousness at all. I literally just write down thoughts that come to me as I listen to this passage over and over and over and over again. I go back and then I read my notes to see if any patterns begin to develop. Are there things that I, I start to think about On a consistent basis, and I lean into that pattern to start to develop what I feel that God is leading me toward to say. Of all the lessons that we see in this story, and there are many, the most important thing I feel called to say in this episode didn't come until about the 18th or 19th time of listening to this story again for maybe the hundredth time. And it wasn't until after I accidentally listened further than I meant to that I saw what I felt to be the most critical lesson in this conversation of letting go and letting God. I wanted to focus initially on this conversation with God. And so I consistently looked at the passages that we've already read. I kept stopping at Exodus chapter 4 and verse 17. I listened to these passages, and I accidentally listened beyond it one time. I realized that there was something insignificant that I was missing, or at least I thought it was. Here's the critical difference between the first episode In this episode, is that there are things in our lives that we think define us that are actually insignificant. And then there are things in our lives that we think are insignificant that are actually the thing that's going to have impact. The impact you will have for the kingdom. To Moses, as a shepherd, he had in his hand something that he viewed as commonplace. This would have been like any other tool that you use for your job, whether that's it's just a laptop, or it's just my phone, or fill in the blank. It was something that was with him every day that he'd never considered to be of any consequence. But then if you look, At verse 18, 19, and 20 of Exodus chapter 4, you see a transformation. And what's interesting about this transformation is that there was a physical transformation of this staff that God allowed Moses to see. It changed from a staff to a snake and back again. But there's a second transformation of this staff that I had never seen before. In all the times that I had listened to and read this story, there is a second transformation of this staff that we see in verses 18 through 20. And so in verse 18, it says, Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The staff had transformed physically, but the second transformation is that it went from just a commonplace thing. When God asked Moses, What's in your hand? Moses said, It's a staff. But somewhere between there and him leaving, it became the staff of God. What's your staff? Where is God in what you're doing day to day? In the last episode, I asked us, what's that little insignificant thing that we think defines us that keeps us from fully experiencing the kingdom of God and keeps us in our own kingdoms? Well, in this episode, I'm going to ask us, what's that thing you've always had that you think is insignificant that if you were to commit it to God, it would be the sign to the entire world that you are part of His plan? Here's the bottom line. God has a plan, and He is going to work His plan. He is going to bring people back to Him. The choice, the free will that He gives, that we all have, is are we going to be a part of it or not? Are you making excuses why you shouldn't turn yourself, your life, your desire, your passion, your works, over to being part of the kingdom. Maybe you're hearing the call to be a part of the kingdom of God for the first time, or you're hearing it for the hundredth time. But either way, you haven't fully let go of your excuses and your kingdom. You seem to come up with every excuse you can to keep from being fully dependent on Christ. To admit you don't have it all figured out, to be willing to face head-on that you're being called to a better life today and for eternity through the grace that was paid for once and for all when Christ died as the perfect sacrifice on the cross. Do you find yourself saying over and over, I have too much in my past, my problems are bigger than anyone could ever understand. I want to be a Christian, but I don't really feel I have the abilities to disciple for Christ. That's someone else's responsibility. Who am I? Well, let today be the day. You let go of the excuses and let your life be God's. Let Him define what you were always supposed to be. Today is the day to either commit or recommit. Let today be the day you come back the light if you've not been baptized washed in the beautiful waters of spiritual cleansing let today be the burning bush that God uses to get your attention here today with a renewed heart push out any doubt you have about the life God has planned for you believe you're his and repent of anything you have in your past confess that you aren't perfect that you make mistakes but that you don't want God to ever remember or recognize those mistakes in your past ever again. Be different today than you were yesterday. Be born again. Be done with excuses. Be done with the past. Don't put it off another day. Let today be the day. I've really enjoyed presenting these lessons that I see in the story of Moses. If you do nothing else today, love God and love people.